welcome to the Award Travel 101 podcast. My name is Richard Curry, and in 2013, I started a Facebook group dedicated to teaching people how to travel the world using points and miles. Today, over 50,000 members of Award Travel 101 share, teach, and learn how to travel the world on any budget. This podcast is not only a recap of award travel news and strategy, but also a glimpse into my life of running a Facebook group full-time and the lives of our members. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 8 of the Award Travel 101 podcast, what I'm calling Life Behind the Keyboard. Now look, I think I have the greatest job in the entire world, and I would not trade it for any job I've ever had or any lovely job or career that I hear about all the time from Award Travel 101 members, but that doesn't mean life is easy. I have a great conversation today with one of my biggest influences for joining this space, one of my heroes in the space, Greg from TheFrequentMiler.com, who I interacted with for the very first time way back in 2013. I started off telling a story about how he inspired something that I still do to this day. Look, interacting with people, working behind a keyboard, working by yourself in an office can be a challenging environment, especially when you're coming from the Navy like me. I mentioned in the interview, but the ultimate team sport, everybody has a role to play. You're on uh, common goals every day to try and get accomplished to I wake up and commute from my bedroom to my office. Now, there's a lot of amazing, wonderful things about that. Again, I think I have the greatest job in the world, but it's just something to think about. And there's just a lot of misconceptions that people have. And when people say, wow, you must have the greatest life in the world to not really do any work. And everybody gives you all these points and miles and you can just travel for free. Well, yes, I have the greatest job in the world and I don't want to give it up, but that's not exactly the way that it goes. So I hope you enjoy the conversation with Greg, thefrequentmiler.com over on the boarding area network. One of the nerdiest, geekiest guys and his entire staff over there, Nick, I love everything they put out. If you want to know how to make a lot of miles, it's a site that you should read every day. You should be on their email distribution list. And yes, I'm going to recommend that you should join the Frequent Miler Insiders Facebook group because you can never have too much information. So I appreciate Greg taking his time out today to talk to us. And I hope you enjoy our little chat back and forth. We'll be right back with Greg from thefrequentmiler.com. When you join the Fuel Rewards program at Shell, you'll never pay full price for gas again. Even if my car horn sounds like this? Sure. Even if I always blast techno in my car? (laughs) Yeah. Even if I drive for miles with the turn signal on? Of course. Even then. It's time to save five cents per gallon or more on every fill, every day with instant gold status. Visit FuelRewards.com to join now and save today. Active gold status required. See FuelRewards.com slash gold for details. At participating Shell stations only. Limit 20 gallons. Welcome back to the Award Travel 101 podcast, where I have one of the gentlemen who got me started in points and miles. I am talking about none other than Greg, the frequent miler. Greg, how is it going today? Going really well. It's good to be here. Are you home in Michigan? I am. Ann Arbor, Michigan. What's going on in Michigan these days? Uh, what's going on in Michigan? Uh, spring is finally struggling to appear, so... Uh, we we finally have some nice, uh, relatively nice days, and uh, so people are finally out and about, and that's a good, very good thing. I'm never jealous of you Northerners. I like to visit. I don't want to live there. I'll stay here in Georgia where the sunshine and the peaches and the cotton and the peanuts are always in season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, in the summer, we'll, we'll be, uh, you know, uh, on different sides of that uh, equation, but. 
You know, I've never made it up to the Ann Arbor Dew. I keep trying to get up there, and my calendar never works out. I'm I'm going to make it next year. I'm going to make it happen. Well, you and me, I, I mean, I've I've made it to a few of them, but I actually almost always have summer travel when uh, they're happening. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to miss this year as well. <laughs> Hometown man representing. <laughs> so, Greg, I got a little story to tell on you about the first time that we spoke way back in, I think it was 2013. I wrote you an email and I was shocked that you responded. Uh, I started points and miles back in 2012 I, out of a, a sense of necessity, really, because of my day job in the Navy and having to travel and going to be stationed in Japan. I remember sitting in my chair in my living room in Japan, writing you this email saying, hey, I think I'm going to get started in this space. Do you have any advice? And you responded. And because you responded, uh, you made me a fan for life. And so whether you realize it or not, I have always thought about your example. And whenever somebody writes me or sends me a message, no matter you know how busy we get, I try and respond because I remember when Greg responded, I became a frequent miler fan for life. So thanks, man, for number one, responding. And I think you gave me a lot of good advice. Actually, I found my response to your email from July 2014, but I don't have the original email anymore, which I was trying to find before we do this. But uh, what a great example. Again, you, uh, reading your site, I've been doing it since 2012. And uh, I really appreciate you responding to that and a uh, fan for life. So there's my fanboy moment for you. <laughs> That's an awesome story. Now I'm going to, uh, after this interview, like dig through my old emails and try to find that one. <laughs> Don't publish it because I'm sure it was a terrible email and super nerdy and <laughs> you're going to embarrass me if you do that. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, so we were just talking before we jumped on the interview. You've been full-time since 2012. Do you yeah. remember the day the day you started Frequent Miler and what made you have the motivation to, to do that? Yeah, well, I started the blog in uh, September of, of 2011 and uh, then was full-time uh, as of April 2012. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I got into the hobby in 2011. In the summer of 2011, I discovered the other blogs. I discovered, you know, things like at the time, it was called Mile Point and uh, Flyer Talk, those forums. And um, I was just hooked right away. The idea of being able to fly business class around the world uh, so easily and stay in uh, amazing hotels, I, I was just absolutely hooked right away. Um, and uh, like a lot of people who start blogs, my motivation to begin with was really I just wanted to share this information with friends and family, and I didn't want to have to write dozens of different emails. So I, uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I created a uh, actually started on uh, on Google's like blogger or something like that platform, yeah, and, yeah. and um, uh, but and, and so I started with that in mind, but. I found I was writing about things I was more interested in than, than explaining the basics. I was more interested in sort of the complex puzzles of how to, how to double dip, triple dip, uh, you know, yeah. uh, increase credit card spend and get the money back. Um, those kind of things were, were challenging puzzles to me and, and very rewarding. And when I started writing about those things, um, I was, uh, happily surprised how quickly the uh, audience responded to it. And uh, so a lot of people, a lot of others are interested in those topics too. No, I was definitely one of them. And I still am the, the super nerdy, dorky, geeky things is what lured me into this hobby to recognize. And I probably was the most skeptical person 
ever growing up. If it's too good to be true, it is. And that was my view of this when I first began reading. Like, what are these what are these crazy folks writing about? This, there's some scam here. They're all going to ruin their credit or something like that. And very quickly recognize, huh, this is actually awesome. And then you're hooked. And it's because of the stuff that you wrote and the stuff you continue to write uh, that just clicks with some of us. So 2011, very quickly, that's a quick transition into full time. Uh, so congrats on that success. The, the uh, just a real quick story. I mean, it, it, I wasn't really making much money at the time that I um, went full time uh, yet. Uh, so I have um, Thomson Reuters to thank for uh, eliminating the department I worked for. <laughs> and uh, so I was given an option of uh, about eight months severance or, uh, you know, to apply for another position within the organization. And um it was kind of a no-brainer for me. I, I saw the possibilities in the blog, and and um, so I, uh, I I told my wife and son, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a blogger," <laughs> and they were both uh, scared out of their minds at the idea. But you know, I said, "Look, we've got eight months. I'll I'll start looking for a job then if if it's not working." And uh, but it worked well, and so that's that's how I. I have them to thank, and I do thank them for uh, for that situation. That is it, similar to me. I, I would have quit the Navy earlier, but I couldn't do that. But when uh, 2017, the Navy came back and said, I hope you've enjoyed your shore duty. It's time to go back to an aircraft carrier. And I looked at my wife and at the time, one and three-year-old and thought, mm-hmm. now I'm going to go run a Facebook group full-time. And everybody was like, all right, this guy's a whack. He's, <laughs> he's lost it. He's you can't do that. That's not a real job. And I was like, no, I'm going to do that. That's what I'm going to do. And uh, knock on wood so far, so good, which is really, you know, the, the crux of the conversation today is not so much the nerdy points and miles things that folks read about and the great content you and your team put out, but what's it like, you know, for us doing the job that we do? We get a lot of passing comments. We get, um, a lot of what folks think are in, insights into our lives behind the keyboard, you know, and like you and I said, neither one of us, I think, would trade this job for the world. But this isn't the easiest path that we've chosen. What uh, What do you think about that? Yeah, um, it, that's absolutely true. Um, I, I spend far more time working on the blog than uh, I think I ever did working for an employer. Um, yep. The... Uh, there's when it's your own business, uh, like any business, there's a level of stress involved. You know, that in, in any in any job or occupation, there are more things that need to get done than can get done. Um, but when you're working for someone else, maybe uh, a lot of the stress of all those undone things is on them more than on you. Uh, <laughs> in this case, it's all, you know, on me, at least in my mind. Um so, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's a level of stress and, and work and, uh, and there's also loneliness. I mean, you, you know, most days I'm home alone most of the day working on, on the blog uh, or working from wherever mm-hmm. I'm working. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, while I talk to people on the phone or, or via email and Facebook and everything, uh, it's not the same as hanging out with people and talking over the water cooler. So. Uh, you're preaching to the choir there. I, I think I went from like the ultimate team sport of the military where everybody has a job role position, huge, uh, you're, you're working together, you're achieving goals to 
sitting in my office alone the vast majority of the time. And perhaps the two or four year old will come scream or cry or whine to keep me company for 30 minutes. <laughs> and then, and then they're back out the door again. And you're kind of, you know, exactly what you say. It's nice to get on the road. I, I interact full time essentially on Facebook for a living, but it's just not the same, man. It, you're exactly right. You, you miss, you miss a, a part of um, the typical workplace. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on the flip side, and I'm sure you can relate to this too, um, not having to deal with uh, HR and uh, corporate regulations, that are <laughs> nonsensical coming down at you is, uh, is a wonderful thing. <laughs> it is, but I'll counter that where we're, I find myself often working in maybe a, um, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but a legally ambiguous way where you have lots of different relationships and contracts and I have volunteers working for me. And as, as selective as I am and as much as I trust those people, there's not really a model out there for how you would handle maybe an HR thing or somebody who's volunteered for me for a few years came back and said, you know what? I've been working 30 hours a week for you. I want to get back paid for the, you know, the last two years. So <laughs> while I do enjoy what you're talking about, sometimes I'm like, do, am I really sure of the space that I'm operating in uh, doing what we're doing? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I hadn't thought of it that way. I mean, I haven't had that situation uh, come up, um, but um I guess from from 16 years in in corporate America, what I learned is that um, the the experts don't necessarily know better <laughs> than uh, than you know trusting your own gut as to as to what you should do in in those kind of situations. And so, yeah, um, I, I you know yes, there's a time or two where I think, oh, it would be really nice to. And this over to the legal team if there was such a thing. <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, for the vast majority of things, I'm just really happy to uh, uh, just you know trust my own instincts and and uh, basically live by uh, do right by others and uh, things will go well. I think that's very true for the space and majority of us that work together. We go to these you know a lot of speaking events together. We find ourselves in a lot of hotel lobbies together. And the vast majority of folks in our space are just, as long as you do right by them, I, I have not had any uh, concerns or problems. And one of my biggest fears leaving in 2017 was that you would always have to have some legal department on the standby, or you would have to make sure your terms and conditions are bulletproof. But uh, knock on wood, I haven't had any of those problems yet. And it's really good, kind of a, a sense of, okay, America is still you know, a great place to live and work, and people are still decent as long as they understand I'm trying to do the best that I can by both of us. Um, and I hope that's the same experience that you've had. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, as you said, uh, people are. Uh, most of the people you interact with are, are good and mean well. And, and uh, as long as you're honest with them, um, then, uh, you know, things, uh, things work out well, I, I find. So it's just when you get those pesky troll commenters or Facebook trolls that you, that you can't, <laughs> you can't do, you know, I, I read a great quote last week that says, you're not the jackass whisperer. So don't try and fix them. Just ignore them. It's <laughs> like, that's, that's pretty true. <laughs> I cannot, I'm not that is good. Uh, variation on the don't, don't feed the trolls motto. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's it, dealing with de dealing with those, uh, troll commenters is, uh, is challenging. Um, because as much as 
uh, I don't want to feed the trolls. I don't want to answer them. I also don't like misinformation being, mm-hmm. you know, sitting out there uh, on my posts. And um, so, you know, I, I don't, it's very rare for me to delete a comment. So in, in many cases, what I'll do is I'll reply with uh, and try to just stick as much to the facts as possible um, to, to try to uh, correct any uh, misinformation that's being spread. Yeah, I've seen you do that a few times. You're you're one of the best out there at it. And I, I found that as long as you stay professional and you stick to the facts, people can, you know, take it whichever way that they want, um, which you know, it, it can wear down on you doing all of these things, sitting behind the keyboard, doing these things. It's awesome when we get to go work for ourselves and travel. After doing this since 2011, what keeps you motivated? When you wake up in the morning, you know, what is it that you're looking for? Is it a next project? Is it a next goal? Is it you're just loving life? How do you keep typing and keep doing this every day? Yeah, uh, I'm not going to lie. It, it, uh, there are days, right? Where you get up and you're like, oh God, I've got to write a post. Um, not really in the mood or I've got to answer uh, these 30 emails and comments and everything. Um, the uh, Things that help a lot are um, going to meetups with uh, people who are newer to the to the hobby. So uh, you know those who maybe are uh, one year or less into the hobby, um, there's still a huge amount of excitement. And so when I go to seminars and things and speak at them or just um, talk to people at them. Um, that really helps invigorate me. It reminds me of why the hobby is so exciting. And it really is. Um, and and that's, that's why um, Nick and I have started doing this thing for our Facebook group where we are uh, going out to different towns where people live to, to meet people in person. Uh, we're calling it FM to go and uh, picking a different place to go every couple months and um, keep, you know, it, it just keeps us uh, feeling, uh, you know, refreshed and into the into the hobby. Um, the the other thing that I find helps tremendously, and I'd be interested to hear your take on this, is um, that when something exciting happens, it uh, you know it starts all the juices flowing again. So um, the most recent example is when Ebates decided that. Uh, they would provide a way to earn membership rewards points <laughs> instead of capital. Yep. <laughs> uh, and it's like, holy cow, let's let's think of all the uh, implications of mm-hmm. this. And and so um, that that's great, you know, when those things happen. But but you know, they are few and far between, I guess. God bless all the people out there at Ebates uh, for that new ingenious idea. <laughs> I love you so much. And I've actually seen that. Speaking of the beginners. That's caught on a few beginner folks and they are super excited where it's, you know, like the promotions of the days past where you go, oh my gosh. And, you know, like you said, it's few and far between, but I love seeing people get energized over new innovative techniques like that. And when people really start thinking of all the ways you can use it. As far as the meetups, man, I'm telling you, I can't get enough of that. We try, I try and do meetups every time I travel somewhere for the Facebook group and readers. It's so re-energizing. You can only sit behind a keyboard and answer Facebook messages. And I thrive off of interpersonal connection, getting to know people and talking to them and doing that stuff. So 
I'm completely in the same boat uh, with you there. Nice. Uh, motivation is hard. Yeah. Yeah. What about trolls? Do you have them on your Facebook group, or or does the lack of anonymity uh, or make that not happen? For what now? Say it again. Troll trolls. Do you, do you get? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I do, but you know my my philosophy is. So running a Facebook group full-time has a few unwanted consequences. One of them is it makes you very judgmental uh, because you do it so much because you interact with so many people within a couple of comments. You can typically tell whether a person is trying to understand and add value or whether they're just a troll. And I very quickly will just, just oust them. Just, you're not going to add any value to this community. You're just trying to be difficult you're gone. And like, it's just nipped in the bud. That's the philosophy I've taken. It's not always the right way. We don't always get it right, but you know, just, you can just tell some people are just not going to add value to the community and they're going to be abrasive because they can be for whatever reason, they've decided to have that persona online and we just, we kick them out. And that's just the way we've had to handle things because the internet's a crazy place in 2019. So I don't know if that's the right way to do it, but it's just the approach that we've had to take to really try and keep the tone of the group going the way that we want it to. Yeah, I think it's absolutely the right way to do it, uh, especially on Facebook. Um, you know, the you're trying to foster a uh, collaborative, friendly community, and uh, it just won't work if you have those kind of people out there no. making people feel bad. It's very true. Um, people will will do a vengeance. I think the latest thing going around right now is uh, Ker Jung Un is spreading through a few groups because of my heavy hand to get rid of bad actors. Um, and I also can't put up my travel reservations until the trip is over or travel plans because people have started to screw with my reservations who, for whatever reason, take, oh, no. take exception to me, you know, removing them from the group. And, and I, if somebody is – you just get – I don't know how I say this besides you just get good at recognizing personalities online. This person is really trying to understand. They're really asking questions. They're actually being helpful. They might be a little bit abrasive, but they are providing good information. So a quick private message to say, love your information. Appreciate everything you're doing to the group. Can you just do it a little bit kinder towards the newbies? That's all it is. I love you. Um, and some people just do not respond well to that and come back with personal attacks. And then I block them. And then they are, for whatever reason, deem it a great use of their time to try and get back at you. It's just, it's a crazy world, right? I'm, you you wow. certainly have had some, I'm sure, interactions uh, like this from people who just, I I'm, don't have anything better to do. I don't know, man. Like, Have you had any crazy stories about people doing anything like that to you or troll that just won't go away or they come and find you other forms or anything like that? Uh not really. I, I've I've had. Um, <laughs> I'm just a mean guy. I guess. No, no, no. Um, I, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. My favorite troll story of the blog is is one guy who used to comment on many, many, many posts in a in a very negative way, and um, one day I actually met him, and. He introduced me to a, a friend of his who he said was just getting started in the hobby. And he said, he said uh, I, I, that I told her to learn about, um, you know, increasing credit card spend and the type of stuff you write about. You should that she should go to Freakham Miler. <laughs> so this this troll who was the bane of my existence was out uh, actually recommending my blog to different people. <laughs> isn't it so awesome when you meet some of these characters in person i found typically the abrasive hard acting trolls 
90% of the time when you meet them in person are not like their online persona at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, has been my experience, which I always think is kind of cool because I really like to try and pull those folks aside, talk to them, get their real in-person feedback. And then, you know, one day I'll be a hero like you and have my trolls going out there and advocating for me. I, don't, <laughs> I haven't come across that yet. <laughs> I haven't come across that yet. All right, man, a couple um, nerdy points of miles questions, because that's what you do. That's what I like to talk about. I appreciate the insight behind it. Um, what is the nerdiest thing that you still do to make points that you're comfortable sharing here on the award travel one-on-one podcast? <laughs> oh man, I'm going to need a second to think about that. Um, what do you think about that? The second question is super easy. Your most memorable points and miles trip. Well, yeah, okay. So, so the most memorable, uh, points and miles trip is, is I'm almost, uh, Bored of talking about it because I've talked about it so many times. Is uh, the Necker Island trip? <laughs> so you know, 1.2 million Virgin Atlantic miles um, was uh, what it took to get my wife and I a week uh, on Richard Branson's uh, island. And uh, Richard Branson was there about half the time. And when he was on the island, he uh, spent a lot of it interacting with the guests. And so. I got to uh, share a couple meals with him and, and, you know, chat with him quite a bit. Um, and it was just, it was just an amazing experience all around, even, even beyond uh, meeting and talking with Richard Branson. Here's my only deal with that. You gave up 24 Delta one flights to Europe to spend a week on Necker Island. Would you still do it? <laughs> yeah, I would. Uh, so, so, so <laughs> the thing is, um, if, uh, if I was, if I needed 24 um, flights to Europe, uh, and <laughs> and, and uh, I didn't have other currency that could do that for me, then I guess that would be a meaningful trade-off. But the truth is, I, I have and had enough points um, to do the other things I want to do as well as this. So um, I think of it more like you know, you, you could you could say. Uh, you know, wow, I just spent $200 at, at this expensive restaurant. It was, it was great, but, you know, I traded off, uh, you know, 30, uh, McDonald's meals or whatever. Um, you can't really compare them. Um, so. I don't know, man, I'll take the 30 McDonald's meals <laughs> <laughs> for people. <laughs> no, I'm doing good this summer. I'm not eating McDonald's. I know it's a great analogy. I Definitely appreciate that story and appreciate that you have enough points and miles to do everything that you want to do. That's so here's, here's an insight for me on, you know, doing this full time. My ability to earn points and miles has suffered dramatically over the last year and a half because I just don't have the time to do what I used to do. And maybe that's a tragedy and something I need to uh, reprioritize, but man, I, I don't know how you find time to do it uh, between all the projects you're trying to do and that, we try and do, we got to hustle, we got to travel, then another business opportunities there. I just don't have it prioritized. And I think that's kind of jacked up. Yeah. Uh, well, one of the things that helps us tremendously, and it doesn't really help um, the average person earn points and miles, but what helps uh, us as bloggers is um, that we, you know, at Frequent Miler have the policy of only showing uh, credit card offers that are the best offers. Mm -hmm. uh, best public offers. And um, lately, Amex has had better 
friend referral offers than um, right, yeah, and than the public affiliate offers. So, so we take down our affiliate offers in those cases, and we put up our uh, friend refer friend links. Um, so all of the authors on the blog are uh, and their spouses and kids or whoever <laughs> are earning all these referral credits, and and uh, of course getting the 1099 forms at the end of the year as well. But still. Um, we're kind of rolling in points through that. Man, that's something – well, we could have an entire philosophy discussion on that. I just have a standing rule in Award Travel 101 and across all my communities that there are no personal referral links just because of how messy it gets, and that's all people want to put up. So I maybe incorrectly have not given myself enough latitude that I've followed that policy as well. And you know, maybe it's okay because of all the work I've done and everything to, to put mine up there. I, I don't know. That's – we get a lot of philosophy discussions, I'm sure. Uh, I have no problem with people doing that. And that's actually really brilliant. And then your reader benefits because they get the higher sign-up bonus. Um, so it's okay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, you know, right. I mean, it, it's me either getting an affiliate commission or uh, or getting points, right? And uh, uh, in general, for the for the business, I, I would take the affiliate commission if the uh, if the offers were the same, but. Um, but yeah, whenever the offer is better as a refer, for that friend referral, it's certainly not hurting the yeah. reader. Um, as long as we, you know, we do let them know, you know, that you can self-refer and, and earn mm-hmm. even more points in, in cases where that's. No, I probably need to do it more often. You're right. And especially since it benefits uh, the reader. All right. Last topic we're going to talk about here. You still haven't answered. I'm not going to let you off the nerdiest thing you still do for points that you're willing to share. <laughs> okay. uh, by the way, Greg is. Greg is the newest member of Award Travel Advanced, the new subscription group from Award Travel 101. You can go to facebook.com slash group slash Award Travel Advanced and subscribe today. Loss prevention. I got to talk about this real quick. I like to go and buy gift cards at Office Depot, Office Max, Staples, all those wonderful stores with an old ink that earns five times points. Got a new manager, and I've run into this several times, including some old plays that used to be alive at GameStop. A new loss prevention regional manager comes in and says, nope, you can only do one deal per person. Or you can only use cash to buy variable load Mm -hmm. gift cards. And when I talk to these people in my most reasonable, calm voice and say, you are encouraging money laundering. This is my credit card. This is my ID. This is who I am. You have something for sale. I have money. Why do you want me to launder cash in order to buy this? Have you had any thoughts about these policies, a lot of the times they're made up. And despite how nice I am and how many Starbucks gift cards I bring in to tell them, thanks for helping me out and tell them exactly who I am. And they're, and they're in my Facebook group. I, we have these policies that don't make any sense. H- have you had any thoughts around these and, and what is the motivation behind not allowing the purchase of gift cards with a credit card that matches your ID? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think uh, when the ID is involved, there's, there's no real excuse for it. Uh, you know, I understand that, there have been issues with um, people using stolen credit cards to um, to buy gift cards, and that's that's a way to liquidate sure. them. Up. Although, you know, I guess there's nothing stopping someone, a criminal, from um, uh, using their own magnetic using a uh, program magnetic strip on a card that has their name on it, and so then their ID and everything could match. Right. Um, so that. That might have something to do with it still, I guess, the, the stolen credit card idea. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've certainly obviously run into um, – there, there's store policies and then there are 
misinformed store yeah. managers or, or cashiers. And, and uh, my favorite uh, was at an office max, the, the manager came running out to tell me how uh, it was illegal to buy these cards. Right. I heard that one. Yep. And, you know, and you're, you're I was just, just flabbergasted. Like, like, what do you say in response to someone saying it's illegal to buy these cards, yet they are selling them and advertising them? You know, it absolutely makes no sense whatsoever. Um, and I, I don't know, my approach is just uh, wait it out, you know, wait for um, someone else to be working there or go to a different store. But um that is my current strategy here in Newton. I had the greatest setup ever when I first moved here about a year and a half ago. Went in, introduced myself, had everybody join the Facebook group, told them exactly what I did. Said, "Here's my, you know, everything from my registered LLC license in Georgia to my passport, and my credit card, my driver's license." Said, "Anybody had any questions with this? Any problems? You know, let me know. Here's what I do." And essentially set aside the gift cards for me every time they had a special came in, bought them all. No problem, no chargebacks, no issues whatsoever. They love me. I, I took care of them, always fill out surveys where they get bonuses. And the new manager comes in and says, nope, you can only do one. What you're doing is wrong. And, you know, it's like now I'm on a six-month hiatus from making points. And I just don't like it or understand it, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I, I, w I wish all the companies had um... – had, had risk prevention uh, that that is like the Simon Mall company that where they actually yeah they learned they learned about manufactured spend uh, several years ago and they they researched it found out it was perfectly legal and um, and then went about trying to train all their employees saying it's fine <laughs> and now they're making a lot of money yeah uh, yeah somehow you know there's there's the question of why do, why is it profitable for them to uh to sell them and i don't feel like i've gotten a straight answer from them about that um i have some theories but it's clear to me that that they don't want to talk about it so i'm not gonna uh ruin a good thing by talking about it either <laughs> let's just say uh you know clearly for for whatever reason they do well by selling them and so if we do well by buying them then a little glimpse into the world of making points from the frequent modeler with Simon Mall and some of the other deals that are out there. I'm sure like many of us, he has a lot of strategies that we just can't publish or talk about. And that's part of the fun about being in some of these small groups, going to the meetups, the FM to go, make sure you go to the frequent modeler Facebook group and check that out where his next meetup is going to be. I'm going to do that to see hopefully if they're coming to Atlanta anytime soon. Cough, cough. <laughs> if you can make it happen. Greg, always a pleasure chatting. I appreciate the insights. Um, any parting words about if you could talk to an audience uh, about maybe be kind to your local blogger or things that you appreciate folks do uh, to leave people with? I'm thinking. Uh, did you still want the geekiest thing I do? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I don't know if this is the geekiest, but um, so I found a uh, uh, online, uh, store that, that sells, uh, gifts and things. And, um, where there's a particular site that will give you, um, $10 each time you shop at this, uh, gift, uh, store. Um, 
and there's no but there's no like minimum purchase amount it's just a flat ten dollar uh sort of portal reward and so the geeky thing i do is i um scour the site for things that are less than ten dollars and uh <laughs> there's ways to get free shipping with that site too so uh you know i end up um buying when i need uh five of something making five separate purchases and uh is it really worth my time to be doing that you know ten dollars at a time but uh i don't know but uh it's somehow very satisfying to be getting all these things for free <laughs> that's that's half of what we do man it's fun and we enjoy it and, and you kind of beat the system a little bit i love portal plays and stacks i think that's where a lot of magic still remains um and I'm glad that you have that one. And now I'm going to go do some homework after this. <laughs> All right. Very good. Greg from the Frequent Modeler. That's FrequentModeler.com on the Boarding Area Network and his entire team over there, Nick. I uh, love everything that you do. Appreciate your time and insights um, today. Uh, always a pleasure to chat to you. Let me just say I, I love that you started the Facebook group as a new way to interact with this community and to, and to grow the community. It's uh it was a new thing to, to the you know points and miles world, and and that you found a way to make a business out of it is just fantastic. So I'm I'm uh, uh, very uh, uh, I guess proud of what you did. I, you know I, I don't know how how I could take pride from what you did, but but I I think that's awesome to see uh, good people doing uh, uh, doing well. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. A lot of dumb luck and a little bit of stubbornness, and we try to make good things happen over in Award Travel 101. Make sure you head to the next Frequent Miler to go meet up. You can join the Frequent Miler Insiders Facebook group and always uh, read FrequentMiler.com. We'll be right back here on the Award Travel 101 podcast. The Award Travel 101 podcast is brought to you by the Fuel Rewards Program. Go to fuelrewards.com slash award travel podcast and register for a free account. You learn instant gold status, which gives you five cents per gallon savings on every fill up at participating shell stations. Never pay full price again with the fuel rewards program. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the award travel one one podcast. It helped me out a lot. If you took a moment and subscribed to the podcast and left us a rating, wherever you're listening, like Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. If you're not already a member of the Award Travel 101 Facebook group, we'd love to have you join us. Simply head to Facebook, type in Award Travel 101 at the top, and request to join the group. We review all the profiles so we can keep the spam out. Stay tuned for a new episode next Monday. Until then, if you have questions, we are here to help. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover, please submit a post in the Award Travel 101 Facebook group. Special thanks to Shell Fuel Rewards for supporting our podcast in the Award Travel 101 Facebook group. It's an easy way to save money every time you fill up your tank. Instant gold status when you sign up at fuelrewards.com slash award travel podcast. We'll see you next time.